On this week's Thoughts in the Shade, we'll welcome back our boy, my colleague and co-host, Bomb. He was at the Phillies game last night. We'll talk about the Phils. We'll talk about the Masters and John Rahm's victory over Brooks Kepka on Sunday. And we've got Bones, we've got Flowers, and we've got Sixers basketball, playoff basketball this weekend. Let's do it. And hello and welcome back. Episode 88 of Thoughts from the Shade. We got Bomb back in the booth uh, after Easter weekend. Hope everybody had a happy Easter after Masters weekend. John Rahm wins the green jacket. Uh, I redeemed myself Sunday morning, firing on him live uh, after all my pre-tournament bets were cooked. And got to give a shout out to loyal listener and follower, Kev Mayer. The only guy of all the Instagram picks we received last week to go with old Rombo. So shout out to Kev. Good pick. Hopefully you, you placed a little pre-tourney wager on the big man to take it down. Um, but, Bomb, welcome back. What's up? How are you, brother? What's up, G? What's going on, man? Not much. Just, uh, you know, got golf season in full swing. The The weather is good. I, I got to get you off the bat here. Now, this this could this could be a bone, but I, I think we just, you know, I, I need a ruling here. So I'm playing golf th- this past weekend, this Saturday morning at the beautiful Huntington Valley Country Club. Uh, and shout out to our boy Crit for getting us on. He does a few times a year. Generous guy. Um and our boy Juice is local again. He's back in Pennsylvania. So it was me, Critty, and Juice. And Juice's old... ex's dog or just Juice? Oh, boy. Just Juice. Just Juice. Um, But, you know, we got we got a little nines game going, a little ca- cash being thrown around. And, uh, you know, I don't like to do this to people, but everybody has a tough day on the golf course. And, Critty and, and Juice were kind of having having a tough day, and I was playing pretty well. A couple throwaway holes, but I I, I took home the prize. Uh, but we get to number seventeen on Saturday morning, or it's afternoon now, and seventeen is a downhill par three. It's about two hundred yards. It's a it's a tough shot, and uh, I hit a three hybrid, and it hit the back of the green and rolled down the back. So I'm 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 in the rough. I'm in play chipping back on for two and I chip it on there and it, and it rolls in and hits the flag stick and it goes in for two for birdie. Now, now juice and critty are on the green, you know, 20, 25 feet away. And, and juice walks up to the flag and he grabs my ball as, as I barely get on the green and rolls it at me. Now is that, is that, I, I need a rolling here. Is that, is that poor etiquette? I want, I just want I, I didn't celebrate the chip in, you know, I didn't throw the club. I didn't yell. I just kind of walked up, saw it go down. And you want to grab it out of the cup, and this guy gets the flag out, rolls me the ball, and and it's 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 game over. Yeah, I mean it's pathetic etiquette. I wouldn't expect anything less from a guy who was out in Arizona for a few years, you know, doing God knows what, sitting on his thumb. But the fact of the matter is, the only time you're ever able to roll a ball back to the guy who putted it is when you're giving him a putt. Okay. So you rolled one in from off, right? Sounds like, and um, it's on you. 
like he's not the guy that needs to go grab the flag stick. You go retrieve your ball. You're now done the hole. You hold the flag stick. I think it's terrible etiquette. It's pathetic uh, decorum, I guess one would say, but wouldn't expect anything less from our boy Juice. You know, he's all tanned up. He's used to hitting the ball 350 yards with the thin air and the, the desert and everything else. You know, he's not sure what to do anymore. I guess he's not. And yeah, he 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 had a he had a little bit of a tough day. You know, the the emotions might have been running high uh as he was leaking oil. Um I think that might have put me ahead on the back nine, so probably had nothing to do with it, but his defense was uh pace of play and he was going to pull the flag and you know, just wanted to keep things moving. Um so it, it is what it is. I took it on the chin, but but ultimately I, I gave it to him in the end. So just I, I just needed a ruling there. You know, we, I've had the, the conversation in some group chats and there's, there's been some back and forth, uh, but but I think we'll leave it at that. We got to get to the fills. You were down there last night. You were, you were texting me uh, at the game. You, you've been texting me and posting on Instagram. Uh, you've been wa- watching on TV. I mean, how was it to be down there and, and not have to hear from, from your boy T-Mac and, and Crocker who... Uh, Apparently is like a karaoke uh, legend now with 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 the tunes that he's singing every night on the broadcast. Yeah, it was nice to escape the uh, you know the blabberings of T Mac and Crocker and get down there in person. It had been a while. Obviously, went to a bunch of the playoff games, but you know back in the two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, eleven, etc. Had season tickets, the seventeen game package, and I said, you know what, let's let's go back to the well. You know, you're in your 30s. Um, let's go back to the well. So, I, you know, I got the old lady uh, a Christmas present last year. I said, Merry Christmas, dear. Here's here's a 17-game package for both of us to go to the Phillies games next year. So, you know, Merry Christmas to her. Merry Christmas to me. Um, bomb. But, yeah, it was good to be back, man. Seats are great. New, new video board's fantastic. Um, I don't know how they do it, but they still manage to pipe t-mac's voice into the stadium like it's it's disturbing what occurs like during the you know the in-between innings but yeah by and large a great game to go to the the offense you know boomed but a lot to talk about at the stadium we'll just say that gee a lot to talk about at the stadium yeah you were texting me i mean is it bone worthy do we need to go bone to pick of the week or you just want to just want to lay it out for the people oh man I'll give you a bone. I'll start with a bone, and then I'll give you kind of my thoughts on the stadium as a whole. So, what do you want? You want the bone? I'll give you the bone. Yeah, just let it rip, man. So, you know, it's been a while, right? The, the last real sporting event I've been to was was the NFC Championship game. Everybody's bundled up. You know, uh, you might recall I got into it with a bunch of people on the New Year's Day game, yelling at them in the bathroom, and the guy yelled back, I'm not a tight end! I'm not a I can't go out there and catch passes. Well, I gotta say, you know, and and got guys, if you, if you if if you're a dude going to games, you know how this 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 situation goes. You go into the bathroom, everybody queues up, everybody waits for a urinal to open, so to speak, and uh, stroll into the bathroom. It's like the freaking third or fourth inning of the game. Had a couple cold ones. Have to use the loo. Walk in, wait in line. It's about 15 urinals on the wall, G. And there's a guy, maybe at urinal number five. Urinal number five. (laughs) 
pants are around the fucking ankles. <laughs> so I turn to the guy behind me. I go, you see this? And he goes, dude, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, it, I'm like, I, I could see your, your five, your, your, you know, your six, et cetera. 57. This is I a grown man. Bare cheeks in the third inning of the first fucking. I mean, it's, I would assume the guy's not hammered. I mean, it's the third inning, but who, who knows, man? It was the strangest thing. That's my bone. You know, if you're going to these games, you know, keep your freaking shorts up around your waist. Yeah. If you got to drop them, like get, get, get in the stall. Um, that's really odd that it's like a grown man, an old man, like hopefully everything's all right with the guy, but like not, there was, there was no, no exchange with, with the perpetrator. <laughs> I didn't have the heart, didn't have the heart to rip the guy. I mean, and it's not, it's not one of those situations where you're ever going to like look to your left or right when you step up to a stall to like, see if the guy's all there, like the guy very well. Could not have may may not have been all there, but I'm not the guy who's going to verify that. All all I saw was the back half of the guy, the bare cheeks as I'm standing in line next to the other guys, and everybody's just kind of saying, "What the fuck is going on?" Some people are just shameless, man. Some people some people don't give a shit. That's great, yeah. But you just you got to hit the hole, head straight up in the air, right? And yep, take take care of business and and, and get the hell out of there. But yeah, PSA. I mean, if you're if you're using using the John. And you're out in plain sight, just uh, you know, on zip or wiggle something out and, and get the job done, and don't disrupt the piece. Um, no, no, uh, no pun intended there. But what, uh, what about the seven dollar donuts? You, you send me, you know, we we obviously text throughout the week, and don't forget to t- for me to talk about this. But you're t- you text me about seven dollar donuts. Now, what's that about? Well, as you know, gee, every year they try to turn it into a, a, you know, like a fucking carnival at this damn stadium, especially with how bad the team has been over the last 10 years. So they introduce the new foods and, you know, I walk in and they get the new plate, Uncle Charlie Steaks. I'm sure charging through the nose for that. And they'll slap old man Charlie Manuel's fucking name all over the place just to charge a premium. Got nothing to do with the guy. Nothing to do with the guy at all. And then you go over and, you you know, they moved Bull. You know, Bull's barbecue used to be out in right field, but then they had to install the wiffle ball field and the rock climbing wall for the little shits. So now they got Bull out in left field. And he sits, he, he looks like a fucking zoo animal. He's like in a, in a uh, enclosed area. He's not even behind the grill. Back when they launched the stadium, when it first opened, he was behind the grill. Now he's just there sitting like behind a, almost like a bar almost, but there's nothing to serve. He's just sitting there like a, like a caged animal. Um, but then you keep it moving, right? And and everybody's gonna laugh at me and say, "Bomb, you're cheap. Bomb, you have no taste. Bomb, you don't know what it's like. You know, being a Philadelphia guy. You're, you know, anti small business, anti this, anti that. It's all false. But this federal donuts thing, you know, I know all you people from Philly. It's all you talk about. All you swear by it's federal donuts, federal donuts, federal donuts. They're selling federal donuts. Now I get stadium prices and i get inflation i get monetary supply m2 through the roof oh i get it all but 6.99 for a fucking little skimpy federal donut gee i mean i got by like 15 or 20 of them at dunkin donuts for that price like what is that it's a cookie crumb man it's a cookie crumb donut or you know pumpkin or you get something special but i i mean 
I will say Federal Donuts is is really good. I mean, I usually opt for the fried chicken Sammy at Federal Donuts um, when I was living down there. But the donuts are good, but I don't know that maybe in April donut is okay, but I don't know that I'm going to be dialing up a $7 donut in, in, in the heat of July, just sweating and then the icing's melting down your fingers. It just feels like a mess. But, yeah, $7 for a donut. I find it to be absurd. Uh, obviously, you're paying the premium at, at the stadium, but like like you said, you can get, you can go to Dunkin' and, and get a get a decent donut or, or two or three for a buck. So like, I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Gee, they're selling, and I get I get Rubens involved with the fanatics and this that and the other, and I, and I get it. You go into the pro shop, the new era store, and you know it's again stadium prices. And it, 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 is this is this because I'm old now? You know that I, that I start to be more price sensitive. I look at a I look at a, a, a hat, a Phillies hat, a snapback hat. Gee, in my opinion, a snapback hat should cost no more than we'll call it thirty bucks, thirty nine ninety nine in the stadium. Oh, you want a flat brim? Flat brims used to be like thirty four ninety nine, forty nine ninety nine now. New is up to forty nine ninety nine. Forty nine ninety nine, dude. Wow, they're really shoving it up your hoop. Holy shit, that's that's steep. But I, I think you're reasonable on the on the thirty dollars snapback. But I just got a new hat the other day. It was thirty five dollars. So yeah, price price everything's up. But I mean, you got a great night. A lot of hits, a lot of runs, a lot of bombs. Uh, bats are coming to life. Hopefully, this pitching staff can can keep it intact. But for now, Bob, you're back uh, on your couch and, and consuming uh, your favorite broadca- broadcast crew in the nation. Um, and I just, I got to say this. Um, I am a listener of, of a, a local hockey podcast called Snow the Goalie. Um, and Chris Terrian is one of, one of the guys on the podcast. And as you recall, he was an employee of NBC Sports Philadelphia um, being the ringside guy for the Flyers after he did the radio with, with Tim Saunders. And I think, you know, the end of, of his tenure with NBC Sports Philly went really sour. And I just heard him on an episode of Snow, Snow the Goalie recently going off about NBC Philly and how, you know, if you're good, they they find a way to get rid of you. But, like, he was just ripping the talent of NBC Sports Philly. And I'm sure I'm sure it's not across the board. I mean, I know it's not across the board. There are people I like there. But I agree with you on the Phillies broadcast, and it was just really interesting to hear him say that because the, you know, the, the bell went off in my head. Like, all I could think about was, was Crocker and, and T-Mac and the circus in the booth. Yeah, that's, that's the only thing. Maybe it's part of their – Maybe part of the thinking there is let, let's put just a little league product uh, in the hopes that more people will buy season tickets because it worked for me. It worked for me. I, I, I'd rather get in the game these days. Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, I mean, I know it's a little league product. I, I, I actually think Carl Ravage and, and uh, Kyle Peterson, the guy who does the college, they, they do the they do the little league World Series on ESPN. That, that, that that's a more professional broadcast. And that's even with the funnel cake. That's even with dugout. That that's a more professional, focused broadcast than what Croc and and T Mac are putting out there. Edmundo, Edmundo. 
Yeah, I'm like like I said, Crocker Crocker karaoke. I think we gotta we gotta uh, you know capture that or or own that Crocker karaoke. He uh, he was singing Rolling Stones one night. He was singing Dancing on My Own last night. It was We Are Family. I mean, it's a, every night, and uh, I get some of these games are blowouts, but it's. It's just really tough, and, and you're right. Those those guys on ESPN for the Little League World Series. I mean, it feels like you're watching a, a legitimate baseball game. Whereas with the Phillies, like I see people on Twitter, they're on mute. But maybe maybe you're onto something there that they're keeping them around to, to sell more tickets. But you're back on the couch. Uh, Phillies wrapping up with the Marlins. I think Chicago White Sox are next. Hopefully, they can get back uh, to 500 and beyond. But four and six. Through ten games here, let's uh, let's change gears a little bit uh, to the Masters, where we saw uh, John Rahm overcome a four-shot deficit uh, on Sunday morning. I believe it was down to a two-shot deficit uh, by the beginning of play in round four. But yeah, John Rahm, the Spaniard, the beast, the soul crusher, uh, takes it down. I mean, Bob, anything stand out to you about this Masters, or like, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway from the Masters is uh, thank God a guy from PGA won won the whole thing because you know I, I I like I happen to like Phil I think Phil has been kind of unfairly criticized um, so I'm I'm not even so much as an anti live guy but when you look at some of the names that were up there like Kepka like Patrick Reed um, to have a guy like Rom come out on top. And particularly with like the tie in to Seve Balsteris and, and, you know, his birthday and everything else, like, you know, Rom is truly a student of the game. And it seems like these live guys uh, obviously treat it more like a, like a job and, and want the paycheck and don't necessarily have a, you know, a high degree of respect for the history of golf. And I'm not saying that, that that's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. But I think it's pretty cool that a guy like Rom is able to, win a historic tournament like the Masters against those kind of guys, come all the way back with, you know, Kepka kind of shit in the bed there. And then to do it, you know, as a Spaniard on the birthday of, uh, of Seve, I thought, I thought was pretty cool. So, so uh, yeah, that's my takeaway for, from the Masters. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in agreement. It was, it was kind of weird because, you know, you try to watch as much, as much golf as you can and, and get in your own – game or, or rounds right but like you always watch the masters and like in all the time that that i've watched golf the past i don't know eight ten years like i've never really rooted against anybody like i think patrick reed is kind of a scumbag and like there's proof you know that that he's uh been a little bit of a cheater out there so like obviously he's a guy to root against but like I found myself rooting against Brooks on, on, on Saturday, uh, on Sunday. And it was just like weird because like, you know, I'm not ver- verbally, you know, fuck Brooks or whatever, but like subconsciously, like I just didn't, didn't want the guy to win. Um, like I thought he was, he kind of came off as, as kind of a douche on, on the, uh, the full swing documentary. Um, you know, didn't want to compete, didn't want to overcome adversity, but like he played really, really well, uh, aside from, from Sunday. So it, it was, it was interesting that like, 
that was like the first time I was really rooting against somebody. Um, obviously you want it to be close, but it, it, it wasn't even close. And I didn't really care that much, but I kind of thought, you know, live playing well at the masters is, was kind of good for golf. Like for me, you know, rooting against Brooks, um, it just makes it makes it more interesting. Like the you know, can these guys play fifty four holes, play shotgun starts, play play less golf, and still come to the majors and compete? And you you saw for the first time, this was going to be, you know, the first uh, demonstration of of the new dynamic in in the golf world. And like Phil shoots a sixty five on Sunday. Brooks is your leader through three rounds. I think Patrick Reed did did play pretty well. Um, so. I just think it kind of it kind of makes it it interesting that like you know you want to coin these guys as stiffs or as you know bag chasers or whatever, but like they showed up and they played pretty well, and I think it kind of helps the product. Like it'll help them, you know, for the majors for the rest of the year that that those guys get to play. Um, I think it just creates like like more entertainment. I think this Masters was one of the most viewed Masters uh, in a long time, or at least Sunday. So I thought I, I thought it was all good. I thought it was interesting, but yeah, like you said, good to see a PGA guy come out on top. Um, I thought that was going to be potentially Rory McIlroy, but uh, he came up so goddamn small. Uh, he's been carrying the torch for the PGA, talking the talk, talking about how great he feels, getting extra work in at Augusta, leading up to the Masters, uh, and misses the cut. And then this week, uh, he was leading the charge about the designated events. Uh, for the PGA Tour players, and this RBC coming up this week is one of those events. And who withdraws? Rory McIlroy. So really bad look for him. Um, so obviously takeaways would be like, I thought, you know, the live dynamic was kind of good. There was no drama, uh, but everybody kind of played well, and it made people more interested. And then Rory McIlroy, man, like this could really be the start of like a fall from grace, like the way he was the hero for the PGA tour. And now he's, he's going against his own rules withdrawing. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's injured, um, but missing the cut really tough look. And then withdrawing this week, um, you know, really, really not a good look for the guy wrote on Twitter, like from, from hero to villain, just like that. I mean, we might remember the 2023 masters for that more so than, than John Rom getting his first green jacket. Yeah, and, and I think you're on to something with McElroy there because the way he the way he talks about the tour is how I'd imagine Michael Jordan talking about the NBA in like the mid '90s. Like this guy thinks he's like the god of the tour, and the torch was passed from you know just like the NBA, the torch was passed from Magic and Bird to Jordan, while the PGA, the torch was passed from Tiger to Rory, and I just don't see the results. Um, you know, what we get instead from Rory at Augusta is, you know, a hole out from a bunker last year to have a great Sunday and still come up insanely short and then fling your club into the air, um, you know, but like an absolute asshole. Uh, that That's the lasting memory I have of Rory McIlroy at Augusta, and this just adds to it. I think you're spot on, Jake. Yeah, and I – the one thing that kind of hurt, and I'm not saying it hurt McElroy, but just like the viewing and the weekend in general was the weather. Like, I think the leaderboard on Sunday, like, sh was shaken up so much. I had a couple pools going. I was at first, finished in fourth outside of the money. It killed me. But, like, you have guys like Mickelson firing 65. Spieth had a nice Sunday. Like, there was a lot of movement 
on Sunday on that leaderboard, and you didn't really get that in the rain. It kind of felt like everybody was just kind of sludging along, just trying to make it through their round because the weather was so piss poor. So that kind of sucked a little bit. Uh, but but my other takeaway, and this kind of is more relatable for for us, the the weekend hack. I mean, Scotty Scheffler won the Masters last year with a four putt on eighteen. John Rahm wins the Masters this year with a four putt for double on his first hole of the week. And then on the 18th hole, he blasts his drive left into the trees, was fortunate enough to have it bounce out, lands short of the fairway in the rough, and the guy makes a par. So, like, for all for all the idiots out there, and I used to be one of them, hand up, I've broken a club, I've thrown clubs. Um, but, like, these guys are the best players in the world, and they four-putt, and, and they yank drives into trees, all right? So when you're out there over the weekend – just have a good time and it it'll help you play better if you know you, you just you just keep it level you're gonna hit bad shots you're gonna hit some good ones celebrate the good ones and forget about the bad ones that's it yeah I don't, I don't care to send that message at all I reserve the right to, to to go absolutely ape shit on myself and the reason I say that G is because the minute these guys face any type of adversity they're they're acting the same way. You know, you mentioned it. The weather not not great, but it's not like it's not like you and I are going out there in in March and April and playing in outstanding elements. We're pet playing it in ridiculous winds, rain the other day. So in some ways, we play in very similar elements to what they saw on the weekend. Just because we 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 only have a couple of days out of the week to actually get out there, and they get every lie, every ball manages to kick out. You know, Patriot balls. They're whacking balls that fly the green, and it, and it, and it hits a patron, and, and, and they have a great shot. You know, we, we get none of that backstop. We get none of that. <laughs> balls are always findable. So, no, I, I don't disagree with, with you, uh, you know, on the, on the broader point, but the minute these guys face adversity, they, they do tend to fold like cheap suits. Did you see JT shaking his head like a little baby? He was shaking his head like a little baby. He was so upset. I yeah I I must have missed that. I mean, he wasn't a factor, right? I think he missed the cut. Um he, he missed the cut. Last hole he starts shaking his head like a baby. It was unbelievable to watch. Yeah, he's he's an interesting character. The the patrons, the bounces off the patrons are are actually kind of funny because we you know, if if we if we wouldn't commit mass murder, you know, with people standing around us on the tee box, we could use a couple patrons like around the greens just to catch a few like light bounces off the shin or something and keep something in play for us. But I hear you. I got to give, I got, I got to go flowers here. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you have any flowers, but while, while we're on the masters topic, um, shout out to the masters and masters.com for the Thursday morning and Friday morning viewing. All you have to do is go to masters.com and you can watch featured groups you can watch aim and corner. You can watch 15, 16. You can even build your own little pick your own players and they'll show you every shot from those guys. You don't need to pay. You don't need a Peacock subscription. You don't need ESPN plus you go to masters.com and you have plenty of options. I had three screens going Thursday morning, Friday morning. Um, so, so that's, that's who I'm giving my flowers to this week is the masters because it was just Simple to catch as much coverage as possible or with these other events and these other majors, you need some sort of subscription or, or you're blacked out or some total nonsense. So my flowers go to masters.com uh, for the viewing experience this weekend. 
Gee, that's a great, that's a great flower. And, um, you know, I have a corollary to that one, not, not a flower, but maybe a comment and it relates to our, you know, discussion and dismay that we have with the Phillies broadcast booth. But, um, uh, you know, obviously Augusta has a carefully curated image and they're very protective of their membership, their course, everything that the master stands for, et cetera. Did you know that, that, that they, they have just continuously been signing one year TV contracts with CBS for like the last, I think, I think I read like 40 years or something. No, I had no idea. So, so these guys, these guys are unbelievable. Um, they only they only extend one year contracts to their broadcast partner of 40, 40 years because they want to reserve the right to go somewhere else if the product is not you know the best it can possibly be from a broadcast perspective. Um, and I know there was some controversy around the weather and the timing of all that, et cetera. But just from from the style, from the from the types of things announcers are saying, like, boy, wouldn't it be nice if the Phillies thought about that for for that clown show of a broadcast booth? Hey, guys, you get a one year contract. If, if, if you suck this year, we're going somewhere else. Like, no, but Augusta manages to do the job. Yeah, they 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 spend the money. They obviously uh, are, are monitor monitoring the market. Um, whereas we're just handing out extensions to. Uh, to team act to, to stick around. Um, it's wild, but I know you gave, uh, you gave a bone earlier. Um, and I have a bone, you know, speaking of masters, spe- speaking of, of pools and everything, my bone to pick of the week is with people who don't pay for their pool entries when they submit the entry. Um, I joined, oh I joined two pools this week. Um, you know, and, and I have friends or, or uh, acquaintances that run pools for other golf tournaments or, or other events, you know, March Madness. Um, so so this, this is across the board. This is a PSA. When you submit your bracket, when you submit your pool entry, send the fucking Venmo immediately uh, because I'm not even running the show. Uh, but when I'm in a pool, I don't want to be getting emails from, from the commish all weekend about if you haven't paid, please pay up. I don't want to be chasing people around on Sunday. I want a March Madness bracket with no Final Four teams, uh, by the way. But I won. I won, and you know Tuesday, Wednesday came around, and I just reached out to the guy running it. The game was what Monday night. Reach out to the fellow running it. Hey, uh, you know I I won right because it was like a, I, there was like a tie. Uh, in points, but I like won the tiebreaker on the total. So it's just like, it was just like a, a nudge. And I, I didn't mean to be rude. Cause I know it's not the person that's running the fucking pool that has the issue. Um, but I'm like, Hey, like, you know, did I win or whatever? Or, you know, do you, did you get all the cash? And he's like, Oh, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on one more guy. And then I'll, I'll send you your money. And it's like, it's two days after the tournament ended, the tournament goes for a month. And, and this guy submits a bracket and didn't pay. And then you're getting the emails over Masters Weekend. Reminder, if you haven't paid yet, please pay. I don't want to be chasing people on Easter Sunday, on Sunday afternoon. I want to, you know, enjoy the holiday and enjoy the, the viewing. Um, so if you don't pay when you enter something uh, at the top, unless it's like agreed, agreed upon by all participants across the board, uh, you're an ass and 
you got you got to change what you're doing. You got you got to submit the entry, send the Venmo, and put your feet up and, and enjoy. Uh, and and stop being a pain in the ass for people that are kind enough with their nine to five, 40, 50, 60, 70 hour a week job to set up a pool and run it uh, for a bum like you. So that that's that's my bone to pick of the week. Yeah, and all the people that complain about a VIG or whatever the house takes to run some of these things. Um, that, 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 that's why I have no problem paying a, a small nominal cost because there are operational costs associated with running these things. And invariably the guy who runs it is tracking these assholes down. So that's a great bone, Jake. Yeah. And the other thing I saw was, uh, an email from a participant of this master's pool, like just a recommendation. This was after, you know, after everything went final, just a recommendation. Maybe we should pay out the end of the round three leader as well. It's like, well, we know who was winning after three rounds and, and didn't, didn't win anything. So it's like, come on, man. Like the guy's running this, he's, he's paying out, paying out a few people. Like it is what it is. Um, too funny, but uh, I don't know if you had any other bones, any other flowers, bomb. No, nothing. The only thing I'll add while we're on bones is, uh, these whoever makes the decisions for the Phillies, uh, weather-wise, uh, that that needs to be re-examined. Um, you had the playoff game last year, uh, where they made everybody drive down, get get to the stadium, uh, and a torrential downpour, only to have the game canceled. Uh, and then Wednesday night they postponed the home opener Thursday, uh, and it turns out to be a beautiful eighty-degree day. On Thursday they postponed that. Uh, ahead of time, I guess, afraid that they might do the same thing that they did in the playoffs, only to play the game Friday on a cloudy, cold, windy Friday, like high of 50 degrees. Um, I don't know if it's a weather team uh, or or if it's like administrative folks, but they, they need to reexamine that department because uh, the last two weather decisions made around the Phillies have been colossal disasters. Totally agree, Jay. Wow. I'm, I'm on a roll. Hopefully the people feel the same. Uh, let's wrap up the show. Uh, and don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at thoughts in the shade on Twitter at TF pod, but we have Sixers playoff basketball starting Saturday. They will take on the Brooklyn nets who are no longer uh, having the services of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or our old buddy, Ben Simmons, it's the Mikhail Bridges show. I don't know who the hell else they got. Spencer Ditwitty, uh, Sixers with the three seed, Nets with the six seed. I think the Sixers are minus nine hundred uh, to win this series. But I've heard some some local talent, uh, local media talent, pumping up the Sixers and saying this is this is the year. This is finally the year. I've heard uh, since since before the season that this is the deepest team they've had in the Embiid era. Uh, all I see in the little bit I watch is still uh, total bums coming off the bench. Uh, but just wanted to get your take, Bomb. I know we do this every year, and like we kind of hit that post football football lull, and we get March Madness and the Masters. But like the Sixers making the playoffs, um, I know we we have a, a unique take on the Sixers and. Uh, we we kind of laugh at, at at the failure, um, and and maybe that's wrong. But like, 
any feelings for you uh, for this team, or is, is it wash, rinse, repeat? Uh, they'll, they'll, you know, take care of the Nets and probably get trounced by the Celtics. I'm jacked up for this for this uh, series. I mean, I, I don't even know that they're going to take care of the Nets. So I'll just I'll throw that out there. Um, we know they're not going to the finals. We know they're probably not going to the Eastern Conference Finals. But I'll tell you what, these playoff runs, like, yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm not a huge Sixers guy. I'll, I'll tune in to the, to the half dozen or eight, eight or so games in the regular season that give me a gut check, you know, when they, when they have that game on ABC and they're playing Boston, I, you know, or they're playing Miami. I'll tune into those games just to watch all the assholes down at the stadium spending all their cash for a guy who's putting in a bid to go buy the Washington Redskins uh, and also owns the Devils and wants to move the, move a stadium up to uh, the gallery. I, I love watching the fans, particularly during the regular season, that fill the coffers and give give the ownership group, you know, ha- Harris Blitzer Entertainment, the ability to go buy the Redskins. So that, that's primarily my regular season watching strategy and just give me a gut check of what to expect in plus. This year, Jeep, rinse, wash, repeat. This is um, going to be a beautiful thing. You know, hopefully the confetti falls early again. Hopefully we can get some MVP chance going, you know, down 3-2 you know, in a series somewhere. And, you know, Joel ate a bad chicken sandwich, so now he's got, you know, neurovirus or he's got salmonella and he's putting on a heroic effort because he, he's been he's been having diarrhea for three days and he lost eight pounds. But, you know, he put in a heroic effort. That's what I'm excited for. And then, you know, really in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about who we can get on a, on a max. Who can we add on a max? Can we get a max? Who can we get on a max? So uh, it's the best time of year for me. Baseball's back. The Sixers honks are right now talking themselves into the NBA finals. It's, it just doesn't get any better. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can hear, hear, uh, hear, hear your smile and, and Joy, we had we had to get Bomb on the phone. Uh, some technical difficulties, but he, he sounds good on the phone. He sounds like a WIP caller. Uh, but you know, save save the, the the harsh Philly accent. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's more so with like the fans and like the zombie fans that are down there year after year, night after night, chanting MVP. You know, they thought Ben Simmons was a sec- second coming of Christ. You know. Uh, you know, the next Bob Cousy or the next uh, great, great thing defensively. Um, like, and my issue is not with like Joel. Like, I think he's kind of matured. I heard him the other week getting asked about the MVP and like, I'm tired of hearing about it. And I'm sure he, you know, likes a little bit of it, but like, I think he's got to be tired of hearing about it. And And he said it himself, like, you know, I'm I'm worried about trying to win. You know, for this team, for this city, so on and so forth. Um, but we have like WIP. You know, they they have a, a Google Doc on Twitter where they're tracking um, the NBA MVP votes from like the voting members. Um, it's like watching like a news network uh, on on election night or election week uh, where they're, they're tallying up the votes. Uh, I don't get the obsession with the MVP. Uh, you know, we haven't gotten out of the second round in this era, uh, but these folks are so worried about the MVP. They'll be down there chanting, chanting, chanting. 
Uh, but but I think he's finally going to win. The odds have been taken down since the season ended, but I think he was up to like minus 900. So hopefully he wins. Well-deserved, great player, great season. Um, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a treat to see you know him him get uh, swiped in the lane by somebody on the Celtics and they'll go down for like a crushing you know donker layup that that puts the puts the stake in the Sixer season like you, you just know it's going to happen um James Harden he's been he's been banged up like unless you get like an insane version of James Harden there's nothing's going to be different so like Max he's kind of regressed this year um and you know the Sixer Hawks would probably kill me for that one but like it's the same characters. It's it's George Niang, um, it, it, it's Tobias. Uh, it, it, it's the same same nonsense. And and I kind of agree. I'm curious to see see these Nets play. You know, they have all all the big personalities are gone. Uh, they're they're huge underdogs with nothing to lose. I wouldn't write them off uh, just yet. So should be interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm with you. Catch a couple games. Uh, tune in, see if we have ever, anything different. I haven't caught that vibe this year, but for some reason, uh, the Hawks are still bought in, and, and there's there's talking heads in this city that think it's going to be different this time around, which is just a complete shock to me. And this will be this will be the uh, when they when they when they get bounced, and you know this year in the playoffs, this will be the people who say we got it, we got to get rid of Doc. <laughs> we we can't let Joel waste away, buddy. He's been wasting away. This is it. This is like the season, like especially if he's winning the MVP, this is like you should have already won a title by now. And like we're just now getting around to firing the coach who's a fucking idiot. It's unbelievable. Yeah, we're, we're, they're just going to realize that now and start saying that. Now. I mean, some people have said that, but I mean, even even the, the Sixers people, like they're all in on Daryl Morey and – you know he he's gonna get everybody. I mean this 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 team is constructed to me is not not impressive. And that guy's on Twitter. Um, you know he he's he's cocky. Like I don't know, man. It's just we we cycle these characters that that are out of touch. I think with this city with this city, but not with the Sixers fans because they'll just be happy to see an MVP. Um, and then hopefully they'll finally shut up about that. But it'll be it'll be fun to see, you know, the panic and the meltdown when when the Sixers get bounced again. And Harden led the league in assists. Um, you know, he played the bare minimum amount of games to actually qualify. I think it was fifty eight games. He made sure he was able to tie his shoes together to get out there and lead the league. And Joel's got the scoring, and it's just. This is it, G. This is this is the crowning achievement of the process. A washed up Houston Rocket who's now in Philly leading the league with assists, and then a center who, you know, presumably wins the MVP, leads the league in scoring, and uh, can't get you over the hump. It's unbelievable. Only in Philly, and you know, they won't be held accountable. They won't be held accountable. Um, I think I said last year when they got hard and they're like, if they don't make the finals last year or this year, that, you know, it was, it was a failure. And I know we've talked about it before, but like, when does Embiid go calling for, for a trade like this, this might, this might be the year if, if it's round two again. I'm telling you and everybody laughs, everybody laughs at me. 
I, I don't think the process will be complete until they bring back Sam Hinkie and trade the process to begin the process 2.0. And I think time's running out. Like, Joel is not a guy who I think is going to age very well. I think if there was ever a time to begin process 2.0, it would be right now, like, like literally at the end of the season. I don't care what it takes. Process, I'm on board with process 2.0. You're getting behind it. I think that's happening for uh, for the other team that plays in that building. But Crocker Karaoke and, and Process 2.0, those, those are our two coined uh, terms and, and efforts of the week. So, um, you know, don't don't try to print that on a T-shirt or anything. We'll come for you. Uh, anything else you'd like to, to add or mention tonight, Bob? Not tonight, G. All right. Well, thank you for your time. We'll thank Everybody for listening, uh, you can subscribe to Thoughts from the Shade on Apple Podcasts or follow the show on Spotify. Uh, Enjoy the week. Uh, Enjoy the beginning of the Sixers series, and we'll talk to everybody next week. Take care.